0: I'm much too fast to take that test. Ch-ch-ch-changes. Turn and face the strain. Ch-ch-ch-changes. Don't wanna be a richer man. Ch-ch-ch-changes. Turn and face the strain. Ch-ch-ch-changes. It's gonna have to be a
2: Bonjour, je m'appelle Stella, and this is Batgirl to Oracle to Batgirl, the Barbara Gordon Podcast, Episode 23, Part 1, Ch-Ch-Ch-Changes, for June MMXI. Episode 23 is brought to you by the Neuralizer, a tool infamously used by the men in black. The Neuralizer is able to erase the memory of any person who looks directly at the light. A warning to users to wear black Ray Bands when erasing the memory of the viewer. The Neuralizer is the perfect gift for anyone wanting to erase all knowledge of past DC Comics continuity. Act now and we will throw in a free pair of Ray Bands with every purchase of a Neuralizer. The makers of Neuralizer do not recommend self use. Batgirl to Oracle is also brought to you by MileHighComics.com, your new and collectible comic book store. Mile High Comics has an inventory of over 5 million comics from the gold, silver, bronze, and modern age, and over 100,000 trade paperbacks. If you're not into the vintage stock, Mile High Comics also has a subscription service called the New Issue Comics Express, offering a discounted price for comics ready to hit the shelves. Examples of the prices you may encounter are September's Batgirl Shocker, number one, and Birds of Prey, number one, both, for $2.69. So, if you're looking for vintage back issues or a great, moderate subscription service, be sure to check out MileHighComics.com. There were some things that I want to get through before we get into the, the actual meat of the episode. One thing is, I have just, I guess I've been a terrible host, but I've never gone through some kind of, itunes reviews that you listeners have actually given to me so i thought i would actually go through those from brian v326 uh he posted this on december 24th 2009 wow that must have been very very early after the first uh episode i liked the podcast the only thing i didn't like was i thought she should have talked a little louder i had to turn it up all the way, good job. Uh, but definitely I have uh, taken that into consideration. Hopefully you guys can, can hear me now. And the wind is gone, too. I have to think back at the, the windy episode at the beginning. From Brew Hammer, he says, Nice mix. Gives me five stars there. Nicely done with lighthearted humor and detailed insight, and it's great to see both the old and new stuff being covered. Very cool. From T. S. Champ, Stella's love for the character of Batgirl comes through her podcast. She goes through all the versions of the character from the classic to the current version. The fun shines through this podcast. It is a must listen for all Batgirl fans. From josh bertoni which we'll actually hear soon this podcast has gotten off to a great start not as rough as most podcasts are in their early episodes stella's light-hearted quick humored uh, to the point and articulate her love and passion for back shines through the podcast Then in 2010, we have from Logan Daniel, this podcast is fantastic. Stella is a great host and radio personality. With her witty charm, she balances entertainment and information very well. This podcast is well worth the listen. With an appropriate length, each episode will teach you more about Babs. Keep them coming, Stella. Great job. And finally, very recently, here at March eighth, uh, two thousand eleven, from Charles Nehemiah. This is a really fun podcast. So always seems to keep an upbeat attitude, which works well with the character she is talking about. Very well done. I don't miss an episode. So thank you so much for those six people that um, wrote iTunes comments, and I think there were ten ratings overall. Um, yeah. So please go on iTunes and definitely write a review uh, if you want people to stay away, or hopefully not. But or if you want. Them them to come and listen, and remember there are two albums out there. So you want to go for the new album art uh, and and start reviewing there. We also had a couple comments, and it's really funny because the comments are all on the same issue. And I had discussed in the previous uh, Babs in the Tube segment that I thought it was strange. Well, I understood why they did it. I guess I thought it was strange that you know. The, the polls there um, for Dick and Bruce to go down, they had their names on them. And, and I just thought, well, you know, what's really going to happen if they went down the wrong pole? And so, you know, people wrote in on this, and I did appreciate it. And I just thought it was very fun that more than one person wrote in on this particular issue. So first from Cool B, greetings and salutations, Stella. Love the opening music. Ma-na-na-na, do do doo doo-doo-doo, the Muppets are cool. I'm not sure, but I think Myrtle was knocked out, uh, but Babs wasn't because the gas was sprayed right in her face. Ah, yes, I remember that point. And or Babs, being a crime fighter, knew how to hold her breath once she heard the hiss of the gas being sprayed. As to the names on the Bat-Poles, since Bruce and Dick get on as their secret identities, but emerge as Batman and Robin, obviously somewhere on the way down the change, it, it seems to be an instantaneous change, so if they got on the wrong pole, they'd be in the other's costume. Kind of reminds me of the old Filmation Ghostbusters cartoon. Keep up the great work and fly on Babs lover, Coolby. Then Michael Bailey comes on and says, I feel kind of silly sending this to you because it is going to sound nitpicky, but something you said on episode 21 caught my interest. You poked fun at the fact that the bat poles are named and wondered if it mattered if Bruce and Dick switched places. It kind of does. They go down the Batpoles and change their clothes, which means one pole has Batman's outfit and one has Robin. So if Dick went down Bruce's Man, this email is going off the rails pretty quickly, isn't it? Anyway, if Dick went down the one marked Batman, he would end up in Batman's outfit. So yeah, man, this certainly isn't uh, a popular subject. And then Zias uh, the third that that wrote in. Incidentally, I listened to the last but one podcast in the car last night. Not the interview show, the one before that. Regarding the bat poles with Batman and Robin labels, I always pictured that as the dynamic duo slid down their respective poles. Robotic arms, with lifelike hands no less, think Wallace and Gromit for this, would undress and then redress Bruce and Dick as Batman and Robin. If they went down the wrong pole, chaos would ensue. Bruce would be Robin, Dick, Batman. That's why I always imagined the polls were labeled. All I have to say for that is cheese, grommet Cheese! Well, thanks for all of you for writing in. I thought it was fun that multiple people wrote in on the... The same subject. Okay, well, if you are like me, then you probably live under rocks due to your profession, and you don't know anything about what is going on in the comics world until somebody comes online and crashes your world down, which happens to be one of my guests, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm I very pleased to present two people to come on and, and uh, discuss the latest happenings of the DCU, as well as go through reviews. Donovan, the Booter Grant, and Josh <laughs> Boots Bertoni—they both are on the Batman Universe podcast, Amazing Sputter Classics, and Clone Saga Chronicles. So, welcome, gentlemen! Thank you very much for agreeing to come on.
1: Thank you for having us. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to have caved in your whole worldview.
2: <sighs> yeah, it was indeed Donovan the one that asked me, "Did you hear?" And I said no. And then that night was just—it was a crazy night. I remember.
3: We're going to boot out the other
2: podcasts (laughs) Indeed Um, Well I guess we'll just hop right to it You know this don't call it a reboot That DC is doing What are your What was your initial reaction I guess As to this I'm sure you've said this multiple times To many other people but for people who haven't Heard your opinions what was your Initial reaction to this You want to go first Josh
3: Denial. (laughs) That was that was my reaction. I thought that it was going to be, and part of me is still thinking that it might be, but because it's so widespread, it's I'm not sure anymore. That it was going to be like a temporary thing, like Flashpoint was going to do something crazy to the universe, like when House of M did to Marvel, and then we were going to get all new number ones. But then, like a month or two later everything was going to go back to normal the timeline would go back to normal and it would just be like a flashpoint publicity thing then i heard more and more news and my denial got smaller and smaller and smaller i'm still holding on to it you know like a security blanket but you know it's kind of like it's kind of like the security blanket that like you know kids have after you know you know they're five or six years old. They still have that baby toy, and you can tell that it's falling apart. It really needs to be watched, you know. And mom and dad are going to throw it out, you know, when they're not looking. And that's how my denial is now. It's 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 not holding up very well.
1: If something needs to be thrown away. <laughs> is the analogy? Um, I, I actually learned about it from um, as as you learned it from me. I learned it from John John Wilson, who uh, who rolls with us on Amazing Spider Man Classics. He texted me when I was at work. And the first thing he said was that DC was restarting every title at number one. And I was like, oh, even action and detective and comics like that? he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, man. And then he says, oh, but but there's more. And he just elaborated on the point that everything was starting over with new origins and new costumes. And I actually looked at my old text messages. And when I was texting him back, it was a specific response of, okay, and then (laughs) I don't like this. And this is literally what I said. Then... I'm growing madder by the minute just thinking about this. To finally, I think I had the biggest rage quit I've ever had as a fan. I was like, Betrayed! Betrayed! This sucks! And I I I remember being very, very upset. Um, I don't think I've ever been as upset at DC as I ever have been then. And that night when we were all talking about it... I literally got so upset that I started throwing up and had to go to the hospital. But that was unrelated.
2: Oh, my god! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about that. I knew you were ill, but I had no idea you went to the hospital. <laughs>
1: it's, it's a funny story, but it's a, it's a tangent that doesn't need to be going into. But, um, I yeah, I was upset just because, to me, the one thing that struck in my mind was that DC was conforming to the stereotype that everybody, including creators – conform them to which is that they re- reboot every single thing and it just seemed like dc was like yeah we reboot everything let's do it again i just felt that they really didn't they didn't really think of what they were doing uh in long-term effects and my, my opinion sort of changed since then with the more information we've gotten and i've sort of calmed down but at the time i was very very negative about it
2: yeah, and, and I'm with you. At first I was basically flabbergasted uh, at what was going on, but I was also very confused, you know, what does this mean? Um, and then basically the one reaction that has, has stayed with me for a long time was fear. Uh, fear of the unknown, I guess. You know, what does this all mean? And, and what does this mean for the characters that we have really grown to love? Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, especially... Batgirl Stephanie Brown at that time which I had really grown to love uh, for the past two years and then as we were hearing things um, because I remember that Skype chat was so crazy you know every little bit of information that anyone could find was being logged into the window and so you know they were going to rewind time and make people younger and well does that mean we're going to erase some people because they are already too young and the thought of Tim Drake or Cassandra Kane you know, what does it mean for these people? And like Josh, I also, and I still kind of hold on to this, that it is some sort of gimmick and it will go back to our, what I like to call our regularly scheduled program. Um, just because I think 52, uh, once I heard that number, I thought, oh, this is not, this is not happenstance. Because, I mean, we know about Infinite Crisis and the limited uh, series 52 and things like that and then I also look at the color scheme we always see all this red which obviously has something to do with Flashpoint but um, I feel <laughs> like there's something going on and I I hope it goes back maybe it's the naive part of me um, but I am holding on, on to hope
1: well one thing that I uh, have kind of changed my mind about was the fact that not the the, the the concept that this is turning back time and taking things out of continuity uh, with with things I've learned, that's not necessarily the case. That's not exactly what's happening. So I'm not concerned that we're losing certain characters like Tim Drake. I'm concerned about what's happening to them, certainly, but it's not as though the stories we like, like Death in the Family or um, uh, Batgirl Reborn or things like that, it's not like those things don't happen, but it is a question of where exactly is it going?
3: I think that they're putting way too much work and publicity into this for them to go back now if it was just a few series then maybe i would think that it might be a temporary thing but the fact that it's all 52 titles the fact that they're shifting all these creative teams around the fact that there's like they're going way too fast of a speed for them to just completely pull away i think at this point we'll
1: see ahead.
2: yeah And that's something we'll get into later, but I am kind of concerned with this speed. And it also seems like, when we get to the Gil Simone, that a lot... There's just a lack of communication, it seems, going on in D.C., that people Uh don't necessarily know all what's going on. And then I have heard not only from Simone but other people that they were just not necessarily on board with the idea 100%. And you kind of want your creative people to be on board 100%. So that's a little disconcerting to start off and not have everyone, yeah, let's do it. I'm totally gung-ho for this. So... Do you have any uh, any final thoughts i guess on on this initial idea of rebooting? Don't call it a reboot
1: I'll call it a reboot as long as I want. <laughs> uh.
3: Don't call it a reboot. We're just taking everything back to number one. We're giving people new origins, and we're erasing history. But don't call it a reboot. Yeah. Stella, you see you, you see that um, – well, where are you right now? Like, I mean, you don't have to say, like, your exact address, but I mean, like, you know, <laughs> what, what kind of environment are you recording in at the moment?
2: I am in a, uh, a room in a townhouse.
3: <laughs> are, you, are you sitting? Are you standing? Are I you am a-
2: sitting. Are you about to say something that I don't know? <laughs> well, no,
3: I, I, I'll check behind you. No, um, you're on, a chair. you're on a chair? Yes, I am. Don't call it a chair. Call it a vertebrae support system. Oh, dear. But don't call it a chair. Okay. It's shaped like a chair. It's built like a chair, but don't call it a chair. Don't
2: do it. Yeah, that, I understand that, that,
3: what you're saying. That, 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 that's DC logic
1: there. Yeah.
2: And... A few of the things I thought about, number one is Jeff Johns is becoming, in my opinion now, uh, the Brian Michael Bendis of the Marvel, you know, of oh, I guess of the DC Universe, mm. um, which someone said, well, isn't he already? But it just seems like, I mean, he's the, the main guy behind this, and then he's writing the bigger or the biggest titles of this this new list that we have. Um. Did we not learn, my second thought, did we not learn from what happened to Spider-Man with One More Day and everything else? You know, taking him back to a more relatable age, erasing the marriage. I mean, that's essentially what we're doing to Superman, which is, well, that's just disturbing. And my third thought was, didn't we try this, DC, with Wonder Woman? And I didn't really think that Wonder Woman uh, was well-received, and so... We're actually – we were dipping our toe in with that, but now we're actually going to do it completely and even re-revamp her. So what do you think about – I mean at least the Wonder Woman one or, or any of those thoughts? Do you have any
1: comments? The Wonder Woman thing was interesting because the last couple of art uh, samples I saw uh, just coming out, there were all, a lot of artists, including the ones on the book, showing her in, – back in her original classic costume and like shelving the new costume – saying, okay, this arrow's over. Classic Wonder Woman is on its way. We are back to basics. And then now we, we know that that costume's here to stay. And I do not understand because a lot of the things we're we're learning is that this thing was planned at least a year's ahead of the schedule. I actually saw uh, an interview today with, um, it was with uh, Eddie Braganza and um, uh, who is the, the editor-in-chief of DC now? The name's escaping me. He, he used to work in Marvel. Uh, Bob Harris that's him he said that this was planned the second they got on on, uh, the second they were hired for the new positions so we're talking about at least 10 months close to a year at the very least so I'm wondering why the tease if you're going to have Wonder Woman stay in the the cowboy jeans and stuff (laughs) yeah do you have
2: any thoughts there Josh Uh, no
3: not Not especially on that particular thought.
2: Okay. Um, Well, unless you have any last uh, things, I guess we'll move on to uh, our Bat solicits. And then we'll specifically get into, you know, Babs back is Batgirl. Spoiler if no one knew that. But uh, since we are most interested in in the the new titles coming out for Batman, I just thought I'd run through them. Not giving any... um, of the little blurbs that they give, because people can read those on their own. But Batman, Detective Comics, Batwing, Batman the Dark Knight, which, I don't know. It's all the <laughs> I
1: don't Bat- know either.
2: <laughs> Batman and Robin, Batgirl, Batwoman, maybe it'll actually come out this time. Nightwing,
1: Batwoman,
2: Birds of Prey, Red Hood, and the Outlaws. Do you have, I guess, do you have any... Things you really want to air, uh, you know, right now on any of those particular issues, and not really touching Batgirl because we'll we'll get to that. <sighs>
1: All right. <laughs> um, things I'm looking forward to, and these are actually things that right out the gate I was pretty excited about. Um, Batman and Batman and Robin, because a Scott Snyder, who has been who is the current writer of Detective Comics, is going on Batman. And Greg Capello is doing art, which I n- I've never heard of Greg Capello until I started seeing the art for this new Batman title. And it looks really, really good. And Scott Snyder, I've not read a single Scott Snyder issue that I haven't enjoyed on a on a huge level. So I'm very excited that he's going to be uh, writing Bruce Wayne. And the fact that Bruce Wayne is the one Batman now, yeah. I'm excited for. Um, I'm excited for Batman and Robin. I know that um, a lot of people especially Michael Bailey, because I heard that episode today, (laughs) Uh, don't like Damian Wayne, and that's cool. We all have our reasons, we all have our preferences. When Bruce came back from um, the dead slash time, I was looking forward to how he would handle Damian Wayne as a partner, and I think that it was... I wanted to see him uh, approach his own son as a partner as opposed to someone he adopted, just, just as an interest level. So I'm really excited to read that title and I'm very excited to, see, to read Nightwing again because Dick Grayson is Nightwing, not Batman. Not that I didn't enjoy him as Batman, but Dick Grayson and, and Nightwing are, are synonymous. So I'll be ex- excited to read his title again as I think he should be.
2: And I don't really mind the costume that much. Okay, Josh, do you have any, any comments?
3: Yeah, let me uh, swallow this pizza pizza. I
2: thought oh, to... What type of pizza is it?
3: Pizza, pizza. It's a reboot pizza. Oh, dear. Every slice is your first slice.
2: Oh, wow. (laughs) It's as if you're tasting pizza for the first time.
1: Every single time.
3: (laughs) Everything's being rebooted. I mean, um, when I walk down the street, you know, and someone tries to introduce themselves to me, I don't want to become friends with them because there's too much continuity. Like, these people have had life experiences and, like, things happen to them, relationships that, like, you know, I can't just jump in the middle of, like becoming a part of this person's life you know I, I i want you know to be their friend from birth first so i can like follow get in on the ground or you yeah. know what i mean
2: you want <laughs> yeah to you know invest emotionally
3: yeah you know i can't like meet some like you know the some of these people they've already had marriages divorces yeah. jobs moved it's like how do you how do you pick up in the middle of something like that yeah, it's but tough in the middle of these new dc books um Red Hood and the Outlaws. I keep on thinking Outsiders.
2: Yeah, me too. I made that mistake too, yeah. That oh,
3: That's the one that I'm a little curious about because those three characters, and I'm, I'm guessing that there'll be more people along the way, but those three, that, the dynamic between the three of them, that'll be interesting, especially yeah. when, like, the joke's been made that they'll all talk about Dick Grayson because they all have their beasts with Dick Grayson, oh my mind gosh. you. Batman the Dark Knight, this is what I hate about three renumbering, is that, like... It's the second issue came out not too long ago. We're not even on the third issue yet, and there's already a number one announced for uh, September. That's just (sighs) should they have held off on launching the series if it was only going to have a few issues before the like? I I just find that like idiotic. Yeah. Batwoman, yeah, we'll see if it finally comes out. They only announced this thing back in 2006, yeah. and we're still waiting for it. This last issue was delayed for the longest time, and would that have been a similar case? Like, if it actually came out in February when it was supposed to, would, or, would, and that was just one of the many delays, it was supposed to come out earlier, then would they have, like, it's just, that, that type of stuff frustrates me. Like, I don't like having a series go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 100, and... Well, and the fact that detective and Batman are getting renumbered, that's just sad.
2: Yeah, that is unfortunate. And Action, which is was close to uh 1000. Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: the America, unless I'm wrong, the American comic book, superhero comic book with the highest numbering now is Amazing Spider-Man.
2: Oh gosh.
3: I could be wrong on that, but otherwise in terms of these titles announced like I'm a little man on them except for, you know, uh outlaws which i'm curious about dick grayson becoming nightwing like donovan said that was always inevitable because dick grayson is nightwing that's the he car for himself i didn't mind him as batman and i was okay with him being batman for a while but it had to end sometime and hopefully yeah. this new nightwing series is better than his costume
2: oh gosh yeah <laughs> we should talk about some of those yeah um anything else on those
3: not that immediately comes to mind.
2: Okay, yeah. I was actually going to, um, oh, yeah. I,
1: sorry, I, I actually was going to, like, uh, if we were going to get into, I know you were gonna, probably going to talk about the, the ones yourself. We were getting the stuff I wasn't looking forward to, just keeping it quick. Uh, Batgirl, Batwing, Batman, Dark Knights. <laughs> and, I, did you say Teen Titans? Are you counting that?
2: I did not. Oh, because of Tim? I could add that, yeah.
1: Well, if, if you are—that's going to be a
2: whole nother discussion if we bring that one on.
1: Oh man, yeah, I just—I just wanted to say those things are like getting the thumbs down from me, but yeah. I guess
2: we'll have to wait and see. Oh
3: dear. Well, I, um, I—I I did have one more point that I just remembered. Yeah, Batwing's getting his own title, but Tim Drake is not. Yeah. That's uh, Insulting. diversity. Insulting. I don't know. Diversity, sure,
2: because people I have a lot
3: of interest me. in Batwing.
2: I don't even know who bat is, and no one does, so I, I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs>
1: you sounded pretty angry there.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I, well, it looks dumb. Let's look at this image. I wish people could look at it with us, but look at him. He looks like, do you remember that one Justice League Unlimited episode where they had those four people? And but they had s- so many clones of those four people that when they died they just brought out a new set. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you talking about like the Ultiman? Yeah, the Ultiman. And do you remember that one that I don't oh, remember what his name was? I think his name was, was like, Electric. Like or yeah. And he had that weird voice. That's basically what he looks like to me. Well
1: you know, actually another Mike Bailey reference, he said that he looked like that one uh uh, imaginative Batman from that old Frank Robbins issue which I was driving and I, I I read that issue and I was like he looks exactly like that like this old 70s shaft uh, superfly kind of guy but he's color modded because that guy was red and yellow but this is like black and blue but it, it looks equally as asinine can yeah. I say asinine? <laughs> I, I,
2: yeah I think that's fine that means dumb so there you go. Um, <laughs> we're fine there's no
1: now. double there's there's only one S so it's okay
2: yeah there you go um Okay, well, I guess I'll just talk about this hatred of Robin here, because I, I used to not like Damian <laughs> Wayne. Well, this, you know Damian Wayne, right? I was certainly on the side of um, Michael Bailey, but Brian Q. Miller really brought that character around for me, um, and I think he really grew on me, especially with his interactions with Stephanie. And I think Stephanie had a lot to do with it, because she kind of calmed his annoying behavior down a little bit and almost brought him into, yeah, almost brought him, uh, I guess into more of a human form because he's been kind of robotic and I mean, he was raised by assassins, right? So I can understand it, but I won't be picking it up, but, um, he has grown on me. So I, I don't know if we're back to square one, like we are with Supergirl, but, uh, Yeah, Batgirl, I guess we'll talk about that later. Um, Nightwing, yes. I'm going to pick up. I also agree with you gentlemen that uh, I think this was the way to go. I always kind of thought that probably Dick Grayson would go back into the Nightwing. I just don't really like having two people be one character. You know, having two Captain Americas, is a little too much. Mm-hmm. And then having, you know, two, I think Bruce Wayne, he needs to be the Batman. So I am fine with this, and I'll probably be picking this up. Birds of Prey, which none of you touched upon. Um, Well, I'm kind of, yeah, I was actually pretty upset about this. Um, I mean, Birds of Prey, I guess we'll talk about, you know, the ones we're reading now. But this guy, Dwayne Swierzynski... I don't like him as a writer. I I think he's not a good writer, in my opinion. I read Iron Fist when it was Brubaker and Fraction, and it was wonderful. And then he came on, and it was not good at all. So I'm frightened. Um, and then I look at this team, and once again, I'm frightened. I mean, we have... what. It was Rose, right? was that girl in the back. That's what Bailey told. Poison Ivy on the same team with Black Canary?
1: I do not like Poison Ivy on a good guy team. I, I,
2: yeah. To me,
1: see, see, this is something that uh, Gotham City Sirens try to do every now and then. But to me, it kind of falls back on, there was this one uh, very, very relatively recent issue of Detective Comics that Paul Dini wrote. Where she tells Batman, you know, you can try to rehabilitate me all you want. I'm a bad person, and you know there's nothing that's going to change that and it's a personal thing that's how I see the character she's not this some she's not like this eco friendly uh person who just does bad things. She is a villain, so why is she working with a justice league member like Black Canary? that kind of grinds my gears
2: yeah do you have any comments yeah. on this uh josh
3: uh, again, it's you know it's birds of prey without <laughs> Gail alone without Barbara, who is kind of the heart of the team, yeah, although true. You know, She's going to be off doing other stuff, and like walking. You know, and, <laughs>
2: <laughs> these boots were made for walking, and Hold that's
3: on. just. Okay. <laughs> As you definitively said, that Barbara's going to walk again. Maybe she's like in the wheelchair, swinging around. That'd be worse. I'm, 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 I'm not being serious, obviously. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, she could be in a suit, but I guess we'll get to these ideas later. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the first.
1: I know we're not talking about Batgirl yet, but like the first issue what the title is. Is it going to be this boots, these boots for make of walking? Is this going to be like what a pair of gams? Is it going to be like, I don't know what the first issue is going to be, but it's going to be like, I'm afraid it's going to be obnoxious, but.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, this Birds are I don't see this Birds of Prey series lastly. We have 52 yeah. new series. Let's see how many of them will last two years. Yeah. And, and it, Birds of Prey will the two year mark.
2: And it's depressing because, I mean just thinking about what Birds of Prey started out as, you know, from Chuck Dixon and it was so wonderful. And then we get to this and just looking at the cover and saying, "Oh my word, I don't I don't like it at all." I mean, that's just kind of depressing. <laughs> um but you know, Donovan, you brought up a good point um I guess obliquely about Gotham City Sirens. I wonder if that's their point is to mix Birds of Prey and Gotham City Sirens into Oh lord, I hope not. I well- yeah. Hmm. I mean, because, well, I don't know who this person is with the Japanese uh, thing on her forehead. That's the one character I'm not sure who that is. Is it
1: Katana? I mean, I still don't have Oh, that's picture right.
2: Picture. Somebody did say Katana. I just hoped it wasn't Lady Shiva. I would have been very disturbed. Sorry. Uh, but it just, I, I don't know about that team whatsoever. And then the final one, I agree with you, Josh, that, well, I won't pick it up, but um, that is the strangest team I have ever seen in my life. So... <laughs> Red Hood and the Outlaws, but um, yeah, it's uh, it'll be an interesting year at DC, I guess, or September in the very least.
1: It's going to be a, a year of sweating and frustr, nervousness and pensiveness.
2: Yeah, well, I guess we'll get to it. Everyone was waiting for it. Batgirl number one, written by Gail Simone, uh, art by. R.D.N.C. Off who finally has come on no never mind he was uh, penciling Birds of Prey but then Jesus uh, replaced him and yes it's really happening this is the little tagline Barbara Gordon is back as Batgirl and she's going to have to face the city's most horrifying new villains as well as the dark secrets from her past whatever that means you won't want to miss this (laughs) stunning debut issue from fan favorite Birds of Prey writer Gail Simone let's do this Okay, so I guess somebody should start off uh, that's not me, maybe? Oh, I don't know. oh it's your
1: show. Please or Do you geez. think I
2: should start off with this?
1: Whichever you prefer.
2: Oh, dear. Okay, well, I have mixed feelings. Um, frankly, when I think about it, I feel very uh, schizophrenic. I guess I'll start with the positive. Yay, Babs is back roll. okay. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge uh, Barbara Gordon fan. I love Batgirl Year One, so it's great to see her back uh, in the cowl. So that's my positive. I guess it should be really enthusiastic. I guess I can't really muster it. My negative, or negative, I'm sorry. My, my negatives are kind of the, uh, the following. Number one, what has happened to Steph. As well as uh, Cassandra, um, because I know that's that's a great concern as well. So that's one. Number two, how far back... And you were kind of joking about this, Donovan, about the gams and everything. But seriously, how far back are we taking her history? Uh-huh. I know it's been said that everything has happened. She was oracle, she was shot. Uh, that's what we can imply from that statement. But, I mean, her character has... Um, Undergone so much progress, she's really blossomed into this awesome character, and I just wonder if we are euthanizing her. <laughs> How far back are we uh, taking her her progress? And is this I don't know. And I guess the third thing is is Gail Simone um, having someone come on and her being a little tentative or weary about this scares me because that kind of tells me a little bit that. Is she, or I guess it, it, it begs the question, is she going to put her whole heart in there? I mean, obviously, we know that she loves the character. But there's something, I think, subconscious about not necessarily being 100% on board and then writing. I think that's going to show up. And Birds of Prey has really taken a dive for me. So that oh, that man. Yeah, so that has also, and we'll discuss that later because I wonder if she almost did that on purpose, subconsciously. But, um, oh, I just... I'm scared. I you know, one hand I'm happy, but on the other hand, can we ignore all the history? So that's I guess the big thing and then I'll whichever one of you fine gentlemen would like to <laughs> to comment on this.
1: We'll save the best for last and I'll go first. Um <laughs> Here's okay, here's my thing. Um no, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I like Batgirl I like Barbara as a batgirl. It she she's fun, but I said this on uh, the Spider-Man Crawl Space message board. It's the same thing as Dick Grayson as Robin. I like Dick Grayson as Robin, but that's not to say that I want to see that 24-7. And it it, it sort sort of falls down to several things. Necessity, relevance, um, reader attractiveness. I know a couple of these things, or at least one of them was on the interview Gail Simone had with uh, Jill Pantazzi. Sorry about that. <laughs> On the uh, Newsrama uh, website, and I think Gail Simone loves Barbara Gordon to her core, so she's going to put her all in it. Uh, the last six months of Birds of Prey, notwithstanding, because I I really have hated that book. Um, but I just, this really makes this is the one thing out of the out of all the titles that that just gets an emotional response for me because I find it so incredibly disingenuous. What Barbara Gordon? I think in this day and age is not defined as being Batgirl. I think she's defined as Barbara Gordon and whether that's Oracle or Batgirl or Batgirl to Oracle, uh, no pun intended. I think she's defined as this character who doesn't even need to hit somebody to make a strong impact in the, the world. She helps so many people and saves so many lives with her brain this is, this is totally regardless of her physical ability to walk or not. She helps so many other people by using her brain, her guile, and her cunning. And now we're putting her in a silly yellow costume and high heels to fight crime. And, and not only is it taking away like, the inspirational aspect of the character that a lot of people with uh, a physical ability have come to love her for, but we're doing it so we can go back to the classic roots of the character. Who was defining the classic roots of the character? And it's it's very frustrating On one hand it's very frustrating Because I am a Cassandra Kane fan And the odds of her, the odds that we're seeing her Are, are, are close to nil um, It's very frustrating as a Stephanie Brown fan Because I am a Stephanie Brown fan This this show, this uh, podcast of yours Actually Not that I wasn't a fan of her character before But it actually got me to pick up the book And I am so digging it right now okay. <laughs> But now They're basically like punk kicking her across the yard and it's just, like, they've just dropped everything so Barbara can meet Batgirl again. And I want somebody to tell me what is any positive aspect about that besides personal preference. What is so great about Barbara Gordon as Batgirl that we need to see it right this second? What And it doesn't have anything to do with seeing somebody as inexperienced or seeing somebody have a learning curve or seeing somebody go against people because we can do you've done that before and done better stories with her as oracle this is not a very complex argument but it's not a very fallible argument in the sense that you're basically going the clock forward back to where things were improved upon so why are you taking those improvements and just throwing them away i don't understand it and it does get me upset that they're doing this because it just seems like they're just not really thinking through and when you're in this day and age making these sort of decisions in comic books where so many decisions have been just insane to me. This should not have been a hard decision to reach, and they reached it, and I'm just I'm, – I'm ranting right now. So I'll just stop and say I don't like it.
2: <laughs> no, I, I think it's, it's great, though, that it is eliciting such um, emotional response. Yeah, I think that that means that – while other people may argue against it, that the comic world does mean something to some people, and it does certainly have impacts on people. So, well, we saved the cherry for last. So, Josh, <laughs> would you uh, like to comment on this? You
3: guys are bigging up this uh, <laughs> rant. I mean, I hope I can pull through. First off, apologies to people who've uh, read my message board post or have heard uh, or are going to hear me on uh, the Batman Universe special about the reboot because I am going to be repeating some of the same talking points that I've said there, you know, because it's obviously it's my same opinion. So some of you who are going to hear me say this, you're hearing me say it for the second or third time, but for those It'll of you be- who just listened to Batgirl, the Oracle, this will be brand new. Yay! Yeah, unlike Barbara Gorin as Batgirl. Okay. (laughs) That being said, there's a few points on this. Now, I don't have any problem with Barbara getting out of the wheelchair. I've never had a problem with her getting out of the wheelchair. And one thing that I'm tired of is when people will ask a fan, well, why does Barbara need to be Batgirl again? They will give a five-minute answer about why putting her in the wheelchair was stupid and why she needs to get out of the wheelchair. Great. But her being in and out of the wheelchair and her being Batgirl or not, those are two separate issues. It's like the fans think that the second that she gets her mobility back, the first thing she's going to do is put on those boots and go swinging through Gotham City skies. Which are made for yeah. it's, Those are two things independent from each other. And I don't like, I mean, I appreciate the nerdy bird and where she's coming from. She's a Newsarama um, a columnist who, she has some disabilities of her own, and, you know, she took to Barbara as a hero. And, you know, and that's and that's really, really great for her. And I'm not trying to be condescending when I say that. That's really great that, you know, she was able to get something like that out of Barbara. But I do recognize that if everyone else has been healed, there's nothing wrong with Barbara being healed. Let her get out of the chair, let her do an Irish jig around, you know, the Gotham City rooftops, you know, let her let her become a ballet dancer, you know. Whatever. She has legs, she can use them. That's not my issue. Let's talk about when Barbara gave up being Batgirl for a second, and people can tell me that that's irrelevant because there's been crises and stuff, but we have been following the same narrative in the back books, just with continuity tweaks. After Crisis on Infinite Earths, heck, during Crisis on Infinite Earths, she was telling Supergirl that she felt redundant among the other superheroes and she was thinking about quitting she didn't appear that much after Crisis and then when she finally appeared for the last Batgirl story, and again, this isn't any slight against Batgirl, I'm just, you know, going with what the narrative was she quit, she told her friend, I think her name was Marcy I don't remember her name, you know, you remember her name Don?
1: You mean Mar- Marcy Kane? Or is that is that No, that's that's a Marvel character, I don't remember No, that was
3: Peter Parker's alien college uh, graduate department. <laughs>
1: what? Oh, so it wasn't her then?
3: No, no, Marcy Kane did not come... I don't remember her name, but it was a blonde girl who was Barbara's best friend as a kid. She she shows up in a secret origin story in the last Batgirl story. But in any case, like, she says that, like... You know she feels redundant among the other heroes, she's giving up the cow, and this is before the Ostranders, I think I'm saying their last name right, had the idea to make oracle. Barbara actually says in the book, I'd still like to help, but maybe I'll help behind the scenes without the other heroes knowing. So it actually sets up that like, you know, she's thinking of becoming like something like oracle, so the idea wasn't out there, this wasn't something that was pulled out of somebody's ear. So she did quit being back before the killing joke happened, and I'm I hear people say, you know, the Joker took it away from her, stuff like that. If you're going to marry a girl, and again, I'm sorry for people who've heard this analogy before, but if you're going to marry a girl, and she leaves you a week before the wedding, and then two months later, she gets killed in a drive-by shooting... You can't say, well, the gang members, you know, took her away from me, you know. No, the gang – oh, well, I mean, yeah, they took her away from you in the sense that she's not, you know, alive anymore. But, like, you can't say the gang members ended our relationship because of the gang members were not married. Well, no, she left you at the – she left you before your wedding, and if this girl magically gets revived, the first thing that she's going to do isn't going to be walk down the aisle with you. I mean, she quit being Batgirl. She quit being Batgirl for reasons. It's not like the last Batgirl story – is as abrupt as some people like to make it. Barbara barely appeared in the eighties at all. In fact, like in fact, she barely even had any team ups with Batman. Truth be told, like most of her team ups were with Robin. And I'm not trying to downgrade her character or say anything like that. I'm just saying it's not like she was active as Batgirl every single night, and then all of a sudden she just stopped because of the Joker. You know, that's that's not the reality that happened. Since she's died, I mean, excuse me. Since she died, wow. No, not what happened. <laughs>
2: Freudian
3: slip. Yeah.
2: <laughs> since, since she's,
3: you know, quit being Batgirl and she got shot, she's done so much with her life. And at this point, she's been not Batgirl longer than she has been Batgirl. You know, but uh, she's done so much with her life. You know, she, she became Oracle. She became a member of the Justice League. A member of the Justice League. That's pretty good right there. She's done so much. And then the mantle of Batgirl... That's gone through a lot of people. It had that brief stint with Huntress that lots of people forget about. You know, huh? Huh? maybe yeah. you know, Sandra Kane for a while, and now Stephanie. So the mantle of Batgirl's been through so much. Barbara's been through so much. If Barbara's going to become Batgirl again, after everything that's happened with everyone,
1: she needs it's, to be
3: well, I don't want to say blackmail, but there needs to be a reason. There needs to be a motivation. And if they just, like, have her say, well, I can walk again, so now I'm Batgirl, then there's no, like... It's not like with Dick Grayson, where, like, he is Nightwing, Whereas, as a sense, like, Barbara is Batgirl, but there's been so many other people with the identity since then. Like, Barbara... I almost like the idea of Barbara striking out on her own with her own new identity, the way that Dick Grayson did, or the way that Tim Drake is kind of trying to do now with Red Robin, even though Tim's like the third Red Robin. To like, like why, why is she being Batgirl, as opposed to being, you know, I don't want to say Black Bat, because that's Cassandra, but as opposed to being, like, you know, Computer Chick, or not that I'm seriously considering that as a name, I'm just throwing something out here. Why Batgirl? Because it's been so long... What's making her do What's making her do this again? What's her motivation? And the reasons that she stopped, why are those reasons now gone? Because, again, it's been so long. To use another analogy, it would be like if Gwen Stacy showed up at Peter Parker's doorstep, guess what? I'm alive, you know? Would Peter and Gwen the very next second start dating again? Well, no, because they've both been through so much. It's, I mean, maybe they would if Marvel was that stupid, but, like... Peter's, like, you know, been married or not married for a while. It's, you know, your lives are in different directions from when you were that long ago. In fact, that's what happened in the original Clone Saga with the Gwen Stacy clone. (laughs) What do you mean, if, Donovan says in the Skype chat. In the original Clone Saga, the Gwen clone says, two years, you know, after the original Gwen died, we can't pretend to be the same people that we were back then. And that's why she and Peter don't try and just, like, pick up where Peter and Gwen Stacy were. Left. aside from her being a clone which she was still in denial about like their lives were in different directions and barbara's life has gone in a different direction since batgirl and that the back girl mantle itself has gone in a different direction it's i, I want to hear from somebody a reason why barbara needs to be back girl again and i and i need the answer to be different Then, well you know disabled superheroes and we don't need a disabled role model and that's great you're giving me reasons why she needs to get up out of the chair you have me convinced about the chair. I want to be convinced about why, when she gets out of the chair, she's going to put the boots on, and I really hope that Gail Simone can convince me.
2: Yeah. Well, the only thing that she said, and I mean, I guess I can, I can say that it's it's a little long, but she said in her interview with with Jill, aka the Nerdy Bird. Here is the key decider for me. It's the relaunch. That really moves all the goalposts, Jill. I could never really get behind taking the Babs that's been running the Batverse, toppling countries, helping herd the JLA, all those things. I could never see, even with the very heartfelt and passionate words of many people with disabilities who asked for it, putting that Babs back in the Cape and Cow. I don't think I could ever have done that. The most persuasive argument to put Bads back in the boots has always been one that I would argue against vehemently for story reasons, but that was impossible to argue with ethically. And I have heard this question a million times. Why is it that virtually every single hero with a grievous injury or even a death gets to come back whole except Barbara Gordon? Why? Why was Batman's back broken and he was barely in the chair long enough to keep the seat warm and now it's never even mentioned? Arms and legs get ripped off and they grow back somehow. Graves don't stay filled that's pretty true but the one constant is that Barbara stays in that chair role model or not that is problematic and uncomfortable and the excuses to not cure her in a world of purple rays and magic and super science are often unconvincing or wholly metatextual and the longer it goes on the more it has stretched credibility but here's the thing but now everything has changed if nearly everyone in the DCU not just Batgirl but almost everyone is now at a much earlier stage in their career then my main objection no longer applies because we are seeing Barbara at an earlier start, starting point.
1: Well, my thing is that is that – I think I said this on uh, TBU. I'm not – a lot of people are not interested in uh, watching a person tie their shoe – learn to tie their shoe for the first time if they spent the past 10 years watching them run around in those same shoes. I think that it's just uh, – and she says – I mean I agree in the world of comics – it's bull stuff to say that you know she can't be healed or she can't be cured of her paralysis. It doesn't make sense within the context of the universe. And even though I think that it makes a better story idea that she's still uh, an invalid, or maybe not an invalid is the right term, but like a someone who cannot walk, I think that – I think it would be good because w- – weren't there stories where she, she started feeling – feeling oh, she started yeah. having feelings in her in her feet
2: yeah the wh- the brainiac yeah. virus uh during birds of prey she could move her toes a little bit which i thought was good storytelling because that was very gradual
1: yeah yeah if, if she if, if if they if they wanted to do this and they had her like gradually go through physical therapy and learn how to walk again i think that would be wonderful i i, don't, I, I would love i would hate to see somebody try to argue against that because that means just as, like they're just cold-hearted because it's it's realistic and like the more when when we can relate to stories and they can have a sense of of, of believability, then we, then they resonate with us more. When one issue she's Oracle and then ping poof she's Batgirl running around in an Adam Hughes cover, then it's just then we can't help but be insulted. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, Stella, I'm sorry. What do you think about because this is this is your character, this is your girl. So yeah. I know you said you were feeling sort of schizophrenic. Like, yeah. what do you think? Um, about her as Batgirl again, if you've not said, or if you, if you had said, please say it again.
2: <laughs> yeah, my schizophrenic reaction is that I'm excited because obviously this is the character that I had, you know, known and loved. This is kind of my introduction was Batgirl, Babs being Batgirl. But there is so much, you can't just look at it like that. Um, kind of in a filter and a void, there are too many things surrounding it to have me overjoyed for this development um, and, and and I do wonder, you know we say that she 's at an earlier point. And I guess I could almost believe Babs as Batgirl again if we erase everything that she was Oracle. Like, none of that ever happened. But then it has been stated by Simone that everything, like, her history is still intact. So I don't necessarily understand how you can still have your history but go back in time.
1: That's even worse. I mean, it was – I actually – if they were restarting things and if, they, if, the, if this was initially what I thought it was and Dick Chris, and Woods Robin again – and Barbara Gordon was backgirl, Then I would actually be in for that because that's not necessarily saying that everything you read didn't count. That's just starting. That's just sort of like starting with a, a clean slate.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's not necessarily erasing what what has come before. If this is in the same continuity and she's became being Batgirl again, then in a lot of people's opinions, that's worse because you're just you're just it, you're, you're just playing with you know storytelling and it's it's not very well handled.
2: Yeah, I, I, I can only think of that one art cover that somebody posted on the crawl space, and then I posted on uh, backrolltorquel dot where it's just this one panel, and it's it's a child uh, Stephanie and a child Cassandra holding each other and saying, "Babs, are you walking again?" And then Barbara, you don't even see her; you can just see her shadow. She says, "Geez, what are you guys twelve? You know, don't be scared. The reboot or something." So that's kind of what I I think about this rewinding time, but I don't know. It doesn't seem that simple. And
3: this is one thing that I really, really don't like, and it's – and they've been doing this since before for, for years, is that the constant need to, like, make Barbara younger and younger and younger and younger because I actually like that when we first met her. She was, you know, a college graduate. Her name was – she was Dr. Barbara Gordon. You know, I like the fact that she was a congresswoman. You know, I, heard I liked, um, law. <laughs> Yeah, but, well, you know, that was Bruce Wayne murder and Fugitive, but, yeah, like, uh, that's one thing that I liked about her. I mean, you know, she has a higher education level than Bruce Wayne. She's got a friggin' doctorate. Yeah. You know, she was a congresswoman. How many superheroes, you know? I mean, and we'll talk about that when we talk about these stories in a little bit, but, <laughs> I mean, and it just, there's this, like, thing in the, like, say, like... It, it's In the 80s, they even, like, started it with, like... And when they did the Secret Origins Annual, which, like, showed her new origin as Batgirl, like, when they dealt with her time as a congresswoman, they had her, like, come to her dad and say, there's a special law that'll let me be a congresswoman, like, even though I'm younger than the supposed age. Like, they started it then, and they've, like, de-aged her more and more and more now.
1: Yeah. Are they really... Well, I, I suppose they had, because I was... Like, right now, in the modern DC Universe... Uh, for however long of a lifespan it has left, I always thought of her as thirty years old, and Dick Grayson's like twenty six. I didn't know that. I didn't know. I mean, I know she first appeared pre crisis like at age twenty five or something. But um, I don't think they tried to. I think I think Joshu told me that they tried to DH her in Batman Year One. I they
3: did. They did, and uh, they wouldn't let Frank Miller do it. They wanted the baby in Year One, the one that gets kidnapped at the end, James Gordon Jr. They tried to make that Barbara Gordon, but uh, they told Frank Miller no because that. Because it basically means that, like, it makes Batman too old if that's when Barbara was born. And um, in that Nightwing annual from a few years ago where it shows the history of his relationship with Barbara or the retcon history.
1: That wonderful annual.
3: Yeah, That that annual, which I know some people like it, but oh my god, that thing! Um, there was that one page where, like, they say we're like two sixteen-year-old kids. The writer had to like go online, like, and somewhere and apologize because he said that he had no idea that Barbara and Dick were not sixteen years old. At
2: this <laughs> time. Oh my gosh! Awesome.
3: <laughs> he also had no idea that Dick and Barbara didn't sleep together the night before his wedding to Corey. But
2: yeah, <laughs> let's not talk about that. <laughs>
3: You'll get to that on your podcast eventually.
2: Oh, 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 bad life decision for Babs, certainly.
3: Bad life decision for all involved. (laughs) Nobody's the good guy in that.
2: Well, something we haven't talked about, and it certainly relates to a lot of the characters across the board, uh, is her costume. I don't know what to say. Are they trying to blend things? I, I don't know why it's so robotic, which actually because it does, everything looks robotic actually in these don't call it a reboot. Um, but you know, what if it was that she made a suit, a la the Birds of Prey series uh television show and that allowed her to walk. I guess it's still the issue still stands with you, Josh though, that, you know, why put her back and back It's not really about her legs. She did what
1: in the
2: in the cartoon or the, in that show? Yeah, so she made a she made action a suit that a, oh
3: yeah in the birds of prey live action series she had a, a costume that she could put on and she would have limited mobility and she fought Lady Shiva with it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but it would
2: always- I thought it was a good. That's one of the only good episodes. <laughs> I
1: guess I have to see it. <laughs> I, I, I had like it. like two episodes of that show.
3: I have the whole series on DVD, um, and Don't Tell Warner Bros., it's a, it's a bootleg from before they officially released it, and I watched these when they first out. I like the series, but I think it's a little bit of a cheap thing to have like her in a robotic suit, and I know that they're doing this with Flash Thompson as Venom over at Marvel, but... I honestly think that that's like very, very, very insulting. Like, if you're a, and not that, you know, if you're a disabled person and it's like Barbara, well, I'm disabled, but I can walk anytime I want to if I put on this costume. That's that's not wish fulfillment. That's like that's a middle finger.
1: i <laughs> don't leave me with it, Guys, oh, I'm man.
3: like you, except I can put on this costume and go swinging through the rooftops, but I'm just like you.
1: Yeah. Well, the good thing about that that series was that they did. I like the fact that they did a. Uh, adapted her as Oracle because they could have easily just made her Batgirl as the older experienced crime fighter and then like Helena and Dinah, but they made her like, you know, Oracle, which was, I think if they, I'm not sure, I think if they made her Batgirl, this is a tangent, if they made her Batgirl, I'm not sure people would have cared so much because it was a different continuity, but when they made her Oracle, that was again, another instance of people preferring that, that part of her history over her uh, Batgirl history.
2: No, I was just trying to segue back, I guess, into the, because we did go on a little train um what do you think about the 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 costume there
3: i need to see it
2: yeah i'm wondering if they're making it part purple because
1: of the 60s show which i think is annoying because i really do not like it when the comics cater to median media interpretations i think that a lot of the segmented costumes here we go i think a lot of the segmented costumes are are sort of a response to the the dark Knight, which i hope i'm wrong but all these costumes have like puzzle pieces in them and I think that they're doing that because they look ter realistic. Um, I actually, I don't mind the costume because it is so similar to her original one. But the purple, to me, just makes it seem like it's, it's less of a branch from her, from Stephanie's costume. And more of a, well, hey, y- Yvonne Craig kind of looked like this. Yeah. But I don't know.
2: No, yeah, I agree certainly with you. I mean, I always think of the Batgirl Year One as like the pinnacle of, of outfits. I think it really makes sense. Oh, I wish I could see her boots because I actually wondered if um, she heels. had the heel or if it was a boot. But she also, similar to Supergirl, um, I don't know if they're just trying to sex these characters up, but her boot does come over her knee, uh, just like uh, Kevin likes to call it stripper boots. But, of course, it's, it's not as... Um, Strip I guess. Yeah, as the other one. Um, and then she has. It, it's very interesting, as if her her cape is just um, very, I don't know, cloakish, where you kind of throw it over your shoulder in a very dramatic gesture and then clip it because she has this bat girl, or, well, this bat clip, if you notice that. So I kind of think that's funny. What is strange, though, just looking at her face, she almost looks like Catwoman. Um, and she has. Normally the that uh, the chin part it just looks like a football helmet to me. Oh, the chin know? strap. Yeah, I guess they do always have that to to connect. I just thought that maybe it stopped at the um, the cheekbone and then and dropped down, but perhaps they have always had the
1: um, the cowl always had like they sort of just stopped at the jawline and the chin would be struck and uh, the chin would be able to stick out. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, dang, that, I, didn't, I didn't even notice that. Let me um, protect
2: my chin. Yeah.
1: As though <laughs> she was playing rugby. Well, another, you know, another thing I just thought of was that because uh, everyone's getting a title, is Barbara going to have another relationship with Supergirl? Because that was a big thing in pre-crisis. And yeah. Supergirl already, she just established a relationship with Stephanie Brown. So I wonder if she's going right. to look at her saying, who are you? Or she's going to say, ah, my long-lost friend, Barbara. How How are yeah. things?
2: Well, Supergirl, I don't know. I feel like that character has a really messed up history as well and um, you know, you can hear Michael Michael Bailey rant about that, but it seems like they're pulling her back way back and so I have no idea what type of relationship or with whom she's going to have. I I thought you were jumping in there, Josh is that
3: um no, I, I said I said a bit when you said uh Supergirl's got a convoluted history. I said, Yeah a bit.
2: Oh But, but that's another thing if we talk about relationships, I always or I've mentioned a couple times on the show that I really like the sisterly bond that um Babs and Dinah have. And so this is something that really uh saddens me if if there's gonna be no interaction between those two where Dinah's on this ragtag team Birds of Prey and then we have Batgirl so I, I, I don't know how that's gonna work out if
3: Gail Simone's writing this the, the, they'll probably be something I mean cause that's one of her favorite characters and I would almost say you can't have a Barbara Gordon series without Dinah showing up in one form or another at some point hopefully it's not them fighting and I, I know you like this line Stella but I don't where like Dinah says well let's not make these team ups a regular <laughs>
2: Yeah, you don't like the foreshadowing because you think it's laid on a little thing.
3: That's that's for (laughs) eclipsing.
2: For eclipsing, okay. Um, Well, I got a little hint from a little bird that we should also talk about uh, Dick and Babs. Is that what that thing was? (laughs) I mean, certainly, yeah. Yeah. that that does, you know, excite me. That is one of the aspects, I guess I could have mentioned, positive aspects, that perhaps they could have some sort of normal relationship because a big thing that was getting in the way of them was the fact that she was just very uh, down on herself and, um, I don't know. She was kind of depressed being in the chair and just thought, you know, you know, don't help me. It was just very angry times for her. She did get better. But I do wonder if their relationship is really going to progress now and is it going to be like nightwing year one where we really saw them kind of out on the town and, and oh you know, no What? <laughs> no. oh gosh and, and swinging swinging together i don't know what do you guys think about this
1: hey josh
3: <laughs> oh so, 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 sorry the poop on nightwing year one no actually me and don when we're talking about nightwing year one of you them? do you mind go like i like a lot of parts of it i don't like how he like tries to make out with her and then she says what about Corey?" and he's like who
2: oh
3: gosh that's because
2: <laughs> well, i guess i should tell people that you are a big um coriander aka starfire fan so just,
3: um yes story? and no i mean I'm, I'm i'm a fan of their relationship but i'm like i coexist as like a dick and babs fan as well but i don't think that the relationship should like you know you i I I don't like it when like people try and build up Dick and Babs at the expense of Dick and Corey because like both exist you know both of those relationships existed and I don't think that there's a need to reckon that while Dick was with Corey all those years he was like cheating on her with Barbara multiple times.
1: I was wondering if this is a chance for uh, Starfire and Barbara to actually interact because except for that one panel where like like Starfire thinks Barbara grows, Barbara is like a Domino's girl or something like that she um they've never josh has so pointed out to me that they've never actually ever hardly interacted and now that all these guys are starting over i think that would actually be an interesting thing if there were to sort of be a love triangle because i i actually have no i like the dick and babs um, relationship i don't like it when it's taken to extremes like josh says but i also like the uh dick and cory relationship because i watched a lot of uh, the teen titans cartoon oh, yeah and that that was that was a lot a uh, lot more cute and a lot less right. hypersexual <laughs>
3: Um, as their relationship stands now, Dick and Babs, there is no guarantee that just because she's going to be back Batgirl, they are going to get back together. Yeah. Actually, it's just really weird, because, like, he left her to go around the world, and then he, like, gives her the ring, and then it's like, we'll be engaged again someday when I get back from going around the world, but then he, like, comes back, he flirts with Batwoman, and then he sleeps with Cheyenne, and then, like, they're, like... It's really weird, like, they, they didn't address this, because it's not like they, like, broke up, it was more like, uh, I'm gonna find myself, and then she's like, I'll be here waiting for you. Well, um, he's back.
1: He never found himself.
3: Yeah, he, 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 he's still looking, he looked inside Cheyenne, he looked inside, uh, that one girl, I think her name was Deborah. <laughs> he Uh-oh. looks. Ins- he look- uh, it- it- the girlfriend that he had in his own title before the reboots, and then he looked inside uh, Starfire during Judd Winnick's run. He
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's, 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 he's still trying to find himself.
2: Well, that rape may have messed him up a little bit. <laughs> Ooh, yeah.
3: <laughs> I think <laughs> it- I-, I think it messed the comic up. Um, I wouldn't mind them back together, but I, I don't think that it's a guarantee. And like her not being able to walk there was times where, like, she was really, really at peace with it. Like, she was... I mean, like, I guess it's... I don't want to sound disingenuous because I'm not in a wheelchair so I can't pretend to get into that mindset. But like there was books where she was, you know, at peace with it and then there was times where she would throw it in Dick's face and yeah. that would be used as a scapegoat for the relationship. But I think that in the end there was more things keeping them apart. Um I would not mind them getting back together. I like their relationship now where they're kind of like exes with, you know, romantic tension because they have so much history. Yeah. I wouldn't say that just because both of them are going to be active and both of them are going to have their titles that, like, it it, it means that something's going to happen.
2: Yeah. I do remember – it was very interesting in Detective Comics when it first started – or was it Batman? Uh, When he was on the case and then Helena was there and then they had to kiss to do something and then Babs comes rolling out and there's this very awkward moment between her and Helena. I did think that was was kind of fun. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, you know – they're yeah. um sorry they're they're like they're they're saying that they're going to bring in so many new readers with this this uh, yeah. reboot relaunch reboot. I'm wondering if they're going to try to write it a little more soap opera esque to bring in the tweens, and if they were to do that, if Barbara were if Barbara is going to react as though oh my god I can walk and she's <laughs> oh uh, yes, if Barbara can walk and is sort of for the first five or so issues really getting used to it again. Then I'll be invested in that, and if that affects how she is as a crime fighter, and how it affects her relationship with Dick, and if that if and uh, Dinah and Helena and uh, Zinda, and um, maybe that will like I don't know if 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 this thing is like if taken to big ramifications, then it will be interesting. But um, and it would would like lead to romantic tension between her and Starfire, and I don't know, or, or her oh and, my and that, and Star- that her and Dick and Starfire I'm meant to say
2: oh oh dear (laughs) um oh i think dick and starfire
3: are in the past and like and and as a shipper of them i'm okay with them being in the past because that's a time period that's over i just don't like it when like you go back in time and reveal like oh well he was thinking about barbara during their wedding and he was thinking about barbara during their first kiss like stuff like
1: that.
2: Well, how upset. You, you know, we're talking about this new reader business, and now I wish I knew where that quote was. Uh, Everywhere. The relaunch is a much bigger thing than. Even has been shown so far This is the biggest seismic (laughs) This is the biggest seismic Reconfiguration of what we do since The advent of the direct market We are going to be putting books in front of As many new faces as possible Showing them issue number 758 of a comic Which is part 3 of a 7 part Crossover is going to baffle and annoy A lot of people I believe that's why graphic novels are the growth market Of the industry, a newbie can read And enjoy them So two things that kind of stick out uh, to me This will be like Josh This will be the third time that I'm saying it Sometimes I think it's good to hop Into the middle of something Maybe not necessarily um, A particular story or arc Within a, uh, a comic book But maybe an actual event Because I hopped in Infinite Crisis And, boy, you are thrown a lot of characters. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't know a lot of those characters, I had to go and research who they were. And because of that, I felt more devoted to the comic. I really got into it. I was really involved because I made that effort. So sometimes I think that hopping in, while you may be confused, if you like it, if you take the time to look at it, I think that some people will actually make the effort, go back and collect the beginning of it, and then continue on with that character. The second thing, something that concerns me, if this really is a big thing, let's get new readers in, are they just going to start off Batgirl like Batwing, where we know absolutely, like just starting off, it's, it's the first day of her life, or it's just the next day. We don't see any sort of development from the past. As if you were really um, some sort of virgin to the comic book world. You go in, you have this Batgirl, and everyone can launch it, which is kind of scary. If I think about it. But, I mean, what do you think is is this going to be like?
3: I think it's unrealistic for, like, to have this mentality that fans can only jump in at number ones because you can only have so many number ones. You know, what's going to happen when you get up to issue eight again or something? You know, fans have to be able to jump in everywhere. I mean, you know, people have been watching soap operas for years, and I'm sure all those people didn't start watching on the first episode, and I don't know if Stella's going to keep it in or not, but I made a joke at the beginning of the show that, like, you know, when you become friends with someone, you know, you have to catch up on their life and some of their experiences. It's You can't always start from the beginning, and this need to think that, like, all fans have to start from the beginning the whole time, these are characters that have had, like, 70-plus years of history, and even if you reset it now, in five years, then they're going to have five years of history history. Are you going to reset it again then, too? It's You need to figure out a different way to do it so that you're not constantly doing it. It just doesn't work.
1: Another thing is that like, there's this idea that they need to change the characters and origins so so new readers can feel like they're in on something big and special. In my opinion, if you change a little, it depends on what you change, because if you bring in new readers who want to read Batman, Spider-Man, or Green Lantern, I don't think they're changing Green Lantern at all. But, like, okay, Batman and Superman... If you bring in new readers and change the like like a little bit or tinker with it, they're going to be lo- even more lost because there's only there's so much history that they'll have to they'll they want to refer to because they want to learn more and it'll be completely different than what they're being told. So it's like, wait, what? I thought this character was this. I thought Batman's parents were shot, not stabbed in the head or anything. I, I don't know, but like, it's. It, I think I think the idea that they needed that they're catering to these new readers is is it's it's it's, it's, it's as good as the intentions are, it's misinformed because they're thinking too much of what new readers would be as readers and not just people who don't read comics. They're thinking too much of like, like themselves, like when they were new readers, and not just people who are getting into comics as a whole and not just specifically DC Comics. There's a lot of stuff that they, I think they're overlooking.
2: Yeah, and, and at least Babs is lucky in that she doesn't have a movie because I wonder how much you're going to change a Batman's backstory when people think they know Batman, at least from the Batman movies
3: Well, if you <laughs> Babs will have a movie, and she'll have it soon
1: if if Stella has her way, so will like s- strangle Bruce Tim until he s- signs the oh deed to, to get Batgirl. <laughs> well, you water. know,
2: Batman Year One is about to come out, and if they wanted that to be out first, then now is the time, especially with back Babs being back in the Batgirl cowl. So, if there's going to be a positive that comes out, that by God is going to be the positive that comes out of all this. There's by the God, the I'm day. just by God, yeah, seriously.
3: <laughs> if he gets the- be made, then I will be more okay with it.
1: <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would pick up the movie.
2: <laughs> there was one other thing. Oh, what do you think? I guess it should be the last thing on this uh, on this discussion, and then if we want to talk about the Nerdy Bird uh, interview, we can. Um, what do you think, this is just going to be conjecture, is, is going to happen to the characters that we've seen? So Cassandra has kind of built a, a, a small identity for herself right now. Stephanie, who knows what's going to happen. We've heard from Gail Simone in that interview that if nobody picks those two characters up, then you can definitely um, count on seeing them sometime in Batgirl. And then are we still going to have an info jock like Oracle? And is it going to be Wendy Harris? Because they were kind of building that up, but now she's gone off to Nanda Parbat. Uh, Parbat. Yeah. So We'll talk about that later. But, I mean, what do you think about these, these characters that, that have been surrounding Babs? What do you think will happen to them?
1: Mm, um, I don't think <laughs> I really don't think that the DC cares about Cassandra anymore. I think that like much with, and I'm not trying to be like a cynical, bitter fan who thinks, oh, all they do is hate me. But I think that really, it's nice that because the people who have been working on her have are, like, are fans of the character. Like like Gail Simone has said several times that she's wanted to use Batgirl, or um, I'm sorry, Cassandra Kane. Yeah. and that uh, uh, Kyle Higgins and Scott Snyder are fans of Cassandra Cain which is why she appeared in Gase of Gotham I think if DC are addressing like only like only the iconic characters and a couple of the new characters like Tim and Connor and uh, Cassandra Sandsmark and Teen Titans and they're overlooking characters like uh, Wally West, Donna Troy um, uh, what what is uh, Green Arrow's the, the second Green Arrow Connor, I forgot his last name Connor Hawk Connor Hawk, yeah, where the heck has he been? He was awesome, and he's like completely gone because he wasn't in pre-crisis. I mean, I think that a lot of the 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 legacy characters that they brought out, not specifically to be legacy characters, but to serve a purpose, as sort of like a new age thing back in the '90s, that they spent so much time developing and getting car- people to like. When the, this new, when these new guys came on, like the Dio and Johns, I legitimately think that as much as they want new people to read comics as much as they want to bring their old characters back to have people know the iconic versions not not in any sort of like uh uh disingenuous or it is disingenuous but not in any sort of like vitriolic hatred of the characters but they just do not care about characters like stephanie or cassandra so they're just going like, to throw them by the wayside i think if gail simone can possibly use them it's great and i think that as much as the problem as I had with Gail Simone's writing the past half year, I think she could write a heck of a story with Cassandra and Stephanie and Barbara. I think that would be pretty awesome to have like, uh, them be the little like, um, uh, uh, angels to her Charlie, I, I suppose. But right now, I'm just not hearing anything that's making me at all confident that these characters have a future in the near, uh, in the near future.
3: We know at least that they're not being retconned out of existence because Gail Simone's saying, well, if no one else is going to use them, I can use them. If they were, like, not existing, then, just, like, if, if, like, there's a new timeline where, like, Cassandra Cain and Stephanie Brown were never born, then that means, well, I guess I guess maybe they could still have never been Batgirl and Spoiler, and she can, like, use them as, like, civilians or something. So maybe maybe we should be a little afraid. I don't know. But. Well, the
1: 70, the seventy thing had me concerned because when we were not sure what tim drake's future was in the comics that really threw stephanie's future up in the air because if there was no tim in the batman universe there could not have been a stephanie brown because tim drake's involvement in the batman universe as robin the teen wonder ha- directly led to stephanie beca- uh staying as spoiler as long as she did becoming robin and then eventually becoming batgirl so stephanie's future was sort of separate from cassandra's in that she had tim drake to latch onto. so if tim is still has that history as batman's former partner and is now just a character of the Teen Titans, then I think she's a lot more safe than Cassandra is.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, they probably exist at one point, but I wouldn't hold your breath to see them being used. They're going to be establishing all these new players and stuff like that. And I mean, then it's a shame because I do like Stephanie in the role, because I think that, you know, the way that people remember Batgirl and, like, Batgirl's relationship to Gotham and the dynamic duo, I think that Stephanie fills that role very, very well, and I like what they've done with her, and her character has a lot of history and depth. I mean, how mm-hmm. many, how many you know, members of the Batman family can say that they had a teenage pregnancy and gave up a baby for adoption?
1: Not as much as you think. <laughs> Not
3: as much. Unless they, unless they retconned some stuff in Catwoman and Black Canary's past, it's, you know,
2: mm,
1: yeah.
3: I mean, who knows what Leslie Tompkins has been up to.
2: <laughs> well, oh, she's man. yeah. Well, she was in Batgirl, but, yeah, I wonder. Maybe she'll be, like, in her mid-40s now.
3: I do oh. like the idea of Proxy becoming the new, I guess, like, Oracle 2.0. Because it's, even though we talk about, oh, we don't want to see these rookies and stuff like that, like, you know, who wants to see someone tie their shoes? But for for that position, it's actually kind of interesting because basically – Oracle's job was like the info junkie for the DCU, you know, member of the JLA, everything like that. She walks out of the building and says, all right, proxy, you know, handle things right now. Proxy's having to learn this as she goes along. And it's not like, you know, she's starting at the bottom and working her way up. She's stepping into the role of Oracle. That's a really, really big role. So she's going to have to, like, figure it out, learn and screw up. Like, I love that issue of Batgirl, uh, you know, except for some of the few stupidity stuff of it with Clayface where Proxy's, like, trying to figure out, oh, I guess I'm supposed to call the police now. And, like, you can see she's trying to scrambling to keep up. Like I could dig that, like, that kind of Oracle. An Oracle who's her way, who has Superman and, you know, Martian Manhunter relying on her, and she doesn't even know you know how to, like, reboot in safe mode.
1: Yeah. See, I actually kind of... I, I don't want to say I disagree, because that would that would infer that I don't... I think everything you just said it, it was a bad idea, but I don't... And I'm not really looking forward to seeing Proxy be the new Oracle of the DC Universe, because I think that does diminish Barbara Gordon's um, effectiveness when she was Oracle. I think that sort of, like makes Oracle sort of a trade character and makes her sort of like a robot because I I like that Oracle was Barbara Gordon just being useful, essentially, and Oracle was just a name. If someone has to be an Oracle, that sort of diminishes what Barbara Gordon did. So that sort of, to me, suggests that she just filled a role. I think Proxy could do that, but if Proxy becomes a little more individualized and more of her own character while still filling the role, sort of like a happy medium, I would be more uh, okay with it.
2: I do, I do like the. At first, you know, I was annoyed with uh, Wendy Harris. Um, everyone who's listened to the show from the beginning, you know, knew that because I could tell. Oh wow, she's really going to, down the path. This is like an oracle. But I think if someone is going to be oracle, um, I think it it makes sense to have someone that's already been training in that role, rather than let's pick someone exceptionally random. Let's put Misfit as the info jockey. She's going to be oracle. I mean, I would probably bust a cap. I would not be happy this fit <laughs> on. Oh, well, you know, I will cut you kind of that thing coming back. <laughs> Yeah, I just wouldn't be happy about that. Um, and and I do agree with Josh that it's nice to see people stumble. I mean, we saw that with Stephanie. Not everyone is Amazonian and perfect with everything they do, you know, which is why I really love the Batgirl character because, and this is, you know, what Barbara started, she, in my opinion, is the every woman. She's really someone that you can relate to. Um, she is super intelligent, but she's human, and she does make mistakes, and she learns. So I'm... Absolutely hoping that that is a characteristic that remains with this Batgirl. Uh, don't call it a reboot. Don't call um, it a chair. What? Don't call it a chair? Yeah. Uh, it only rolls like one and goes up and down. Um, I guess that's all I have on the, the Batgirl thing. You know, we've been dancing around this, this, this interview. Were there any particular things you wanted to, to point out or discuss from that?
1: Um, uh, there, the nerdy. I, interview?
2: Yeah, yes, with Gail Simone.
3: I think Gail Simone tries to sell us on Batgirl in a very, very you know, uh, um, not disingenuous way. What's the opposite of disingenuous? The um,
1: uh, well intentioned.
3: Yeah, in a very, very well-intentioned way. She's not phony about it. Like, you know, people are in these other press interviews where it's, you know, it's all about the hype. And, oh, this is going to be the biggest event ever and nothing's ever going to be the same. She, you can level, you feel like you can level with her because she has some of the same reservations that we do. And she freely admits in the interview, I don't like the way that DC pulled this off. I wish that DC would have handled this better. Yeah, I wasn't that keen on the idea when they came with me, but we thought about it and we're going to do it this way. And now I'm like, I think I'm behind it now and I think you're going to like it. It's, it It makes you feel more comfortable about the series. And I, I wish I had more faith in Gail Simone, but after Death of Oracle, I don't. But yeah, it, it, the, she the earned point. a lot of respect for me in this interview. It, it, it was very, very real.
1: i I just, I just pull up this one part where she does say, uh, quote, Barbara has been in my heart since I was a kid. She's been such a part of my life. She was the main reason I created the Women in the Refrigerators page. She was the reason I came to D.C., and she's been looking over my shoulder for nearly every story I've written at DC in one way or another. When this idea has come up before, I have fought against it. I thought it was wrong to take the person Barbara had become and put her back in the spandex. I still think that. It's nearly happened anyway a couple of times. And so, I I, I appreciate that fact that I think the blanket concept of take Oracle and make her Batgirl again is an idea that she doesn't agree with, but the way they're going about it, I think she sort of is is rolling with. And, And sort of became excited about.
2: Yeah, I do appreciate her love for the character, uh, definitely. But I do, again, I'm concerned with these reservations that she wasn't, you know, totally 100% on board with it. And it feels like a lot of the writers and artists were not 100% on board with it. Because if you look at a lot of the solicits, which we went through them, practically one by one on uh, the jeff johns podcast a lot of the writers are artists and that is disturbing that just makes me think that they had to start pulling from other departments in order to get people to sign on and then i wonder why doesn't someone that's done such an awesome job with batgirl brian q miller why does he not have a comic Um, yeah
1: he totally got got a, a blanket canned on i mean I don't understand. Well, I can understand them giving art, write, artists the, the book because not every writer – not every artist is a horrible writer necessarily. I mean not everybody is Tony Daniel or anything, but, uh, <laughs> but I think that like – I remember Kevin going on a, a, a lot about how he didn't understand why there wasn't so many – there wasn't a lot of t- writing talent being ushered in these new titles. And I think that it's a mix of, I mean, you don't you don't want to go back to the to like the '90s era. I think if they if they had all the bat books written by Chuck Dixon and and Doug Mitch and um, Alan Grant, it would be awesome for me. But it would overall be a bad idea just because it's too familiar and it is too like it is too indulgent. I think that when when they have new writers on new characters, I think because you you can't you, it's not like. It's not like these these writers have never heard of these characters before initially, but at the same time there are certainly some of these decisions that are just making us want to yank our eyeballs out like the Teen Titans stuff. Huh? Huh?
3: Yeah. Well, it's... I talked about this on the Batman Universe also. It's... when You're going to have these artists take over as writers, so which... And, and granted, I'm not in the DC offices. I don't know anything about... You know, I don't know these artists, like, if they have experience writing, if they're, like, super good at it. And, you know, maybe they are, but, like... My instinct, based on what I know about the situation, is you're having people who've never in these characters before. You're having people whose medium is art and not writing switch to writing, which is a cool experiment to do for a fill-in issue, but when you're starting a bunch of series over at number ones that everyone's eyes are on, it's a very, very tricky thing, and it's a very, very bad time to be experimenting like that.
1: Yeah, I think, I think um, at every artist they looked at, they said, show me your English degree. And then said, Okay, now you can go on because otherwise it's it's way too risky. Yeah.
3: When a baby is learning the walk, they don't say, Okay, now run a five K
2: Yeah. Unless exactly. you're the baby in Twilight, which can do somersaults at the age of two.
1: Oh
3: my gosh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry uh...
1: I've only I've only seen the eclipse and um I will say I was highly entertained by it.
2: Oh see
3: I did not there was a somersaulting baby in twilight oh, that sounds
2: like, we'll see if we see it or not it's in the fourth book so and, whether or not it's in the I guess it would have to be the fifth movie depending on where they cut it
3: there, there's team Edward and there's team Jacob does the somersaulting baby have a team because I would join that team I don't
2: know you know team the, well, I don't know you would join that team are you being serious oh,
3: you know the team with the vampire the werewolf and the baby that does somersaults
2: but the baby is part werewolf part vampire all action so <laughs> anyway, okay. I guess we should. I don't know. You're gonna like follow <laughs> up with that. It's okay. I'm okay with that.
3: Werewolf <laughs> vampire.
2: Oh gosh, let's not even go into. The I, I I what?
1: I do have one uh point. If if we're not, if we're done talking about the interview, I have one last point about okay. the reboot. But if we're not done with the interview, we can continue with that.
2: Oh, I think I'm done. Are you done, Josh?
3: Oh, I don't think we'll ever truly be done because there's so much true. going. On. But yeah, I think that we've uh, I think that we've given the podcasting listening audience of Backgirl Oracle a taste of uh our thoughts.
2: Yeah. Our okay. Hate. Yeah, so what is your thought then, Don?
1: Well, I was listening to uh, you guys on uh, the Jeff Johns podcast and I, I actually brought this up on the Batman Universe coverage of this, but like there's all this there's this whole issue of like diversity in um, the books. And the most uh the the craziest example is like giving this character who has one had one appearance. Oh to, uh, technically two. I like, I think in Batman at the end of Batman Inc. number five and then in Batman Inc. number six, this character Batwing, who's like uh this the African Batman. And I remember Kevin going on like a, a pretty interesting rant about how there's advertising that he is like the black Batman. It, it, first of all it reminds me of when John Stewart first appeared because he literally kept on saying that he was the black green lantern. But um in the comics, but it also, it's not just that, but like I know, and I've, I've heard, I don't know if this is confirmed, but I heard that the question is going to be in the Justice League or at least, I think like one of the Justice League teams, but it's going to be, I think maybe Justice League International because they want to have this diversified set of characters to look up to and they're hitting three birds with one stone because Renee Montoya is a female she is Hispanic and she is uh, gay, so I'm wondering how exactly this is going to play because Mr. Terrific and Static are also getting series. And I see that... I think I remember talking about this with Josh because the Batwing thing really annoyed me just because it's another title to... to, to for Bat... for uh, another Bat title that doesn't need to be there. Because even as Batman fans are getting tired of the many titles, and I think it's a wrong-headed thing to do if you want to bring in new readers because not only are you just are you just sort of like... um sensationalizing a race which shouldn't really be drawn attention to all the time but you're sort of like i mean there's ways to do it i think that um like one of the one of the examples i had was that steel um was a character who had his own title he earned his stripes from the death of superman story and he was eventually eventually put into the justice league and he there was reason for it because he was smart he was really heroic he saved superman's butt a couple of times and he was an interesting character Static is one of my all-time favorite characters just because he is a character I can personally relate to. But at the same time, it's not necessarily because he's black. It's because he's a nerd who's funny and like likes comics and is a superhero. I mean, I'm not a superhero, but the, three, the other stuff I'm, I can relate to. And Mr. Terrific is just an interesting concept to me. He is one of those characters who I think um, isn't – uh, it's sort of questionable whether he deserves his own series or not. But these are characters that, who have had history – and I'm hoping that with these other titles, these vertigo S titles, aren't going to be led by very diversified characters. Just because I think that's sort of like, um, sort, sort of, it's sort of making them turn out to be a freak show. And I think if this is the mindset that DC has, not, not, that, I'm, not that I'm excusing them of being uh, especially racist or anything, but just if they're treating this sort of subject with this sort of lack of tact... For for, for for, lack of a better phrase, then I wonder how the reboot in itself is going to be. Because the Barbara as Batgirl thing, it, for a while it almost seemed like it was just done as, as sort of like a, like a shock tactic. And not necessarily because people wanted it to happen. It's like, ah, buy our books. You know why? Because Barbara's Batgirl again. And it's like, buy this book. You know why? Because it has a black Batman. It's, it's just, it's sort of my final thought and the thing that makes me very, very, very cautious because the marketing for this is so haphazard and, like, the freaky-deaky-looking Superboy and the, the Falcon, Tim Drake, and everything. It's just... It's sort of my final word on... I want to be optimistic, but the, the creators are saying, why are the fans freaking out? They're really not giving us a lot to be confident about. And I'm just wondering, if this is how they're going to treat things, then how is it going to play once we start reading it? That's sort of, like, my final opti- cautiously optimistic fear.
2: Do you have anything uh, to say, Josh?
1: I think I pretty much covered it.
2: Okay. Uh, Well, I guess I was looking at um, the uh, Justice League International solicit, and I swear that is not the cover they gave us originally because I thought there was a character in there, unless it was some other character or some other book, that had someone that looked like Donna Troy. But now I can't find this comic, and I'm wondering if they originally had her in a comic, but now she's no longer
1: in there. I heard about that. I'm not seeing it, though.
2: I Because I thought it was Justice League Intern. I remember talking about it on Jeff John's cast because I said, what happened to Donna Troy? And they said, oh, we think she's in Justice League International, but with the new costume. But with this solicit, that is not. No, they, I think they must have changed something, which is unfortunate. <laughs> God, I, I, Changing things this late in the game. I also found it uh, kind of ironic that if you scroll down at the very end of these solicits, you're getting things like, oh, what was it? Um, some omnibuses for Teen Titans, like it matters anymore. Or, can you imagine? <laughs> isn't it just ironic that we're giving out you know trade paperbacks and hardcovers of stories that do they really even matter anymore?
1: Um, I'm just looking at my collection and wondering if, if any of that's going to matter. Like, literally, right next to me is like zero hour, no man's land. Batgirl, Hush, R.I.P., Identity Crisis, Teen Time. Ty- like is any of this stuff going to, going to be worth caring about? Yeah.
2: Well, I guess the final thing before we wrap up this conversation and get into our reviews: um, what books do you, of all fifty-two, do you think you're going to pick up in September?
3: I'll definitely pick up the Batman-related stuff because of uh, the Batman Universe comic podcast. Right. I mean, we we read all the books. The non-Batman stuff, I really don't know. Like, I might pick up some of them out of curiosity. I mean, like, I'm a little curious about the Superman stuff, and I consider Teen Titans a Batman-related thing. Aside from that, I really have no interest in, like, you know, reading the new origin of The Flash, the new origin of, you know, Hawkman or anything like that. It's
2: Not Frankenstein? Yeah, or I, Vampire? I, yeah, that's <laughs> The Twilight like, I... cover, as Michael Bailey like to say.
3: Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I'll stick with the bad stuff, and you know, anything else I look at will be for curiosity purposes. And if it wasn't for the Batman Universe podcast, I don't even know how much of those bad stuff I would be picking up.
2: Oh, uh-huh. uh, does are you going to review Suicide Squad on the uh, Batman Universe podcast with Harley Quinn? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> exactly. How about that's Harley
3: <laughs> Quinn? Yep. Yeah.
2: How about you, Don? What are you going to pick up?
1: Uh, I'm definitely getting the back books. Um man, I don't want to read that girl. <laughs> but I'm gonna read that. Um uh static I'm getting, Vision Terrific I'm getting. Um I might pick up Teen Titans out of curiosity, just 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 solely for Tim Drake. Yeah. I don't I don't wanna see this like sort of like 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 uh uh ruined Teen Titans group. Um yeah. wait, Well it, it looks it looks really bad, but it might be cool, so I don't know. Um, I might get the two Superman titles out of curiosity, just to see what they're doing with the guy. Um, and maybe Justice League, but that's about it. Um, really, honestly, like like the one book I'm looking forward to that's not Batman-related is Static, but um, uh, Static, su- Action, Superman, Mr. Terrific, and the bad books are probably it.
2: Okay, and I, right now, it's funny because... At first, I was considering The Savage Hawkman when it originally came out, and I was like, no. And then I was looking at it again, I thought, maybe. But then you had said something about Tony Daniel, so I don't think that's a go at all.
1: Oh, uh, Tony Daniel is not a horrible writer. He's just very, very lukewarm, in my opinion.
2: Okay. Um, But I, I would like to try Justice League and Justice League International, though I do really need to research and see if that cover was changed or not. Definitely going to pick up Batgirl uh, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Birds of Prey, however angry I am about it and the fact that it looks pretty bad. Um, I don't necessarily have to review it anymore since Babs isn't in it as far as I can tell. But I will pick it up. But I don't – yeah, if it starts reeking, then I'll I'll put it back. Uh, Nightwing, Teen Titans, again, just like you, Curiosity's Sake – I don't like the fact, yeah, I don't like the costumes, don't like a uh, kick-me-sign on the back of Superboy, don't like the fact that it seems like these characters have never seen each other before, when in the past, they, those three, Cassandra, um, I guess just Cassie, um, Superboy, and Tim had had such a strong relationship and friendship that's kind of depressing and then Supergirl I'm kind of interested in that though I can almost see that that may be dropped soon if uh, her character really is back to um, back to zero well yeah final thoughts before we move on
3: I think that uh, your podcast if a new listener stumbles upon it
2: oh my gosh they (laughs) might
3: you know it might be hard for them to think, well, this podcast seems interesting but oh yeah, they're up to episode, I mean what episode are you up to now? 20 22, 23. 23. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're up to episode 23. Okay. I don't know, you know, I want to get in on the ground floor so I think that you should totally, you know, do a new number 1.
2: Oh no. That could be even more confusing, couldn't it? I mean, huh,
3: you dating. would think, but this is you would think. Oh, you would think.
2: And... <laughs> oh, you would think. Yes, oh. yes, I found it. I'm sorry. There she is. She's totally photoshopped out of that bleepin' cover. What? Oh, my gosh. This is Justice League International. Holy This gro- is what it originally was, and now Donna Troy is no longer on the team.
3: This will not stand.
2: No, that's oh, Don- I did
1: see
3: this.
2: That is really, what are they doing?
3: Donna Troy's origin, like if you've ever looked at it, it is it's so many times it's crazy because, like, every time there's been a crisis or something, she's been affected the most because of her ties to Wonder Woman.
1: Who was that cl- that, that guy holding the scepter thing?
2: I don't, I think he was dropped out of the new cover too. <laughs> I
1: wonder why? Yeah,
2: I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. It's like
1: Hillary Clinton in that one picture they dropped this photoshopper factor up for no reason
2: I knew I was not going crazy. I didn't take my medication today I'm just joking um, <laughs> Well for the first time in Bad Girl to Oracle history I'm actually going to split an episode into two pieces So this will be the end here of our talk on the DC New and then the next episode will be comprised of the reviews. Just a note I found out. Really, right after we had recorded this, that Dan Jurgens actually, in an interview, said that that image that was on Justice League International was neither Donna Troy nor Wonder Woman. So, of course, even though I had that brief freak out there, I guess it doesn't really matter. But does anything really matter now in the DC Universe? Hmm... Anyways, thanks again for listening and for writing in and letting me know that it does indeed matter if Batman and Robin went down the incorrect pole. Remember that you can reach me at BatgirltoOracle at gmail.com. Until next time, which will most likely be pretty soon, fly on, Babs lovers.
0: Just plain Barbara Gordon, masquerading for a lark as she rides into the night on her special Batgirl cycle. Who knows? Is the dynamic duo destined to become the triumphant trio? Only time will tell us more about this dazzling daredevil. doll. Ah, I love a happy ending, don't you?